Hello and welcome to this spoiler special about Woody Allen's new movie, Scoop. I'm June Thomas, Slate's foreign editor, and I'm here with The Guardian newspaper's New York correspondent, Oliver Berkman. Hello. Hello. Just a reminder, this is not a review of the movie, but we will be doing what movie reviewers aren't supposed to do and revealing the plot twist, discussing the turns of the film. So don't listen to it until you've seen the movie or unless you have no interest in seeing the film. So, Oliver, let's go right into the murder mystery element. What mm-hmm. did you think of that? Uh, right at the beginning of this movie, just before that's introduced, I thought I was going to absolutely hate the film. I thought we were, you know, dealing with Avengers, the remake level of cinematic awfulness. But the movie works. It doesn't work because of that murder mystery plot, which is kind of a bit limp. It is. It's almost not... Well, you always have to be worried about a murder mystery plot that hinges on information from the dead. (laughs) You do, you have to be wary of those ones. Uh, Basically, in this film, uh, Scarlett Johansson is an American journalism student of a not terribly credible kind who happens to be staying with very rich people in London. And when she goes with her hosts to a rather strange magic show... She's selected to be in one of those Chinese box things where the magician makes her disappear. And while she's in there, she gets a visit from Ian McShane, who plays Joe Strombel, which is a great character name. And he's a British hack of the of the greatest type. And he has stumbled upon a scoop on the River Styx when he's on his way right, to... Right, because he's dead. He's dead. At the point at which he appears. Exactly. And he, funnily enough, he's also the most convincing character, uh, <laughs> and he's a dead man. There's a serial killer who's terrorising London. Joe Strombel has found out from someone else who is dead, who used to work for the, for the son of the Lord, who he's implicating as being the tarot card killer. So let's, let's uh, comprehensively spoil the ending here and, and, uh, and describe exactly what happens. I think it's fair to say that up until the last portion of the movie, you're being deliberately led to assume that they're completely wrong about Peter Lyman being the tarot card killer or having committed any killings. And you just have to not question why he would be in the movie at all if that wasn't the case. And mainly it's because Sandra is falling in love with him under the fake identity she's adopted to try to uh, get into his life and, and collect the evidence. So things start heading towards a climax and a twist when would you say when the when the tarot cards are discovered under the French horn? Or yes, is that... Peter has a has a terrible habit of hiding his crucial evidence under the French horn. So on, <laughs> on a couple of occasions, people get access into his strong room using the same unchanged combination. They lift up the French horn, and there is either the tarot cards, <laughs> which Peter explains to Sandra by saying, "Oh, I knew you were interested in the occult, so I just got these for you," or when Splendini goes into the strong room and picks up the French horn, he finds a key, which he correctly assumes to be the key to the dead prostitute's flat. Which implicates Peter Lyman. By this time, he's whisked Sandra away for a dirty weekend, I guess, and um, he lures her out onto the lake in a rowing boat where he then waits till he gets to the middle and adopts his most practised sinister British aristocrat mean and then uh, after that he uh, pushes her off and and thinks he drowns her which would be enough of a twist on its own as you realise that he is the killer all along. Except that he's the only person 
in this entire affair that doesn't know that she was pretending not to be able to swim in order to gain his attention in the first place. All of us watching the movie do actually know this, and so it's not a terribly big surprise for most people, I don't think, who are actually watching, but it's a big surprise for Peter. Meanwhile, Splendini is rushing down in a smart car, which is a bit of a lame visual joke, so that he can present the evidence of the key, which, of course, will count for nothing because it's totally compromised. And he dies in a car crash, which is pretty terrible. Both, It's kind of surprising that such a major character will die, but also because the evidence dies with him. But it's purely so that we can have another scene on the River Styx, only this time Woody, or excuse me, Splendini is one of the passengers. There's an awful lot of this sort of uh, things being brought in at the last minute to make it work. Yes, yeah. It's very much influenced by that great British writer Enid Blyton, who, or, or even Agatha Christie, who, who you never suspect that character who's brought in on the last page, do you? It's always the person you least suspect, <laughs> unless you suspect that person from the beginning for that very reason. Exactly. Also straining the bounds of credibility is once it's clear to Peter Lyman, played by Hugh Jackman, that Scarlet and Woody clearly have the combination and keep returning to the safe room, and yet. He never thinks to change the combination, which, since it is an electronic keypad, surely wouldn't be such a terribly difficult manoeuvre. I think we're quibbling, given that everything is based on the idea that people can come back from the dead at will. And uh, if you sort of buy that, you can, you can buy the rest. And, and then, basically, the, the plot as it emerges is just there to, to hold along as a string of him interacting with the preposterous English upper classes, who, who are preposterous in, in real life and in this movie. And these upper class Brits, who, God knows, I, I find it very difficult to say a nice word for the Brits, but... <laughs> they are a graciousness itself with him. They invite him to their card games, to their country houses, and he does nothing but do weird tricks and kind of implicate them in weird anti-Semitic jokes and, and phrases that they sort of laugh awkwardly, as one believes the British upper classes would. But why anybody would invite him to a second event, why they wouldn't have him removed from the premises is, is almost hard to see. This is Woody Allen at his worst. He's, he's playing Woody Allen kind of amped up he's got he's got the volume on 11 <laughs> i liked it i think probably more than you liked it there's a there's a huge pressure that attaches to any movie with his name on it which you know you look to it for amazing illumination on the on the state of relations between men and women particularly 70 year old men and women in their early 20s but as soon as you just get rid of that and you don't look to it for anything but whimsical comedy you can really bring yourself to ignore this plot Thank you for listening to this episode of Spoiler Special and thank you very much to The Guardian's Oliver Berkman. Thanks for having me. And for Slate.com, I'm June Thomas. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.